Cool. Well, again, happy Father's Day. Glad you all are here. This is a good-looking crowd. I knew you would show up. Here you are. <laughs> and uh, it's good to see so many visitors in town. Some of you came to see dads and, of course, a lot of our crew because of the uh, relative age and demographic of a lot of our crowd go somewhere to see their dads. But I know some of you were not able to do that today. And so uh, we'll just celebrate Father's Day together and and that'll be good. I, um, Yeah. You know, our hope is in the power of redemption, consistently in the power of redemption, and certainly in a situation that um, involves accidents and tragedies and the unexpected and things happen so quickly. And I shared last week that it was just uh, five years um, um, since I was hit by a truck, and I almost totally forgot, honestly. I'd been planning to remember, but then I almost forgot. (laughs) Then the day came and I was by myself. I was like, man, I should go bowling or something. I don't know what to do. I I don't even bowl. I was thinking. But I had several opportunities this week um, just to chat to people about the faithfulness of God. And it it doesn't always look like, uh, it just doesn't always look the same. Let me say it that way. But what is always true is that God is always faithful. And there's always redemption. Even it amazes me. Uh, even in the little things. And I was sharing a bit last week about some of our, our travels most recently, and I've heard some incredible testimonies from other missions trips that were out. And, of course, we just got back and, and was just amazed. Even uh, we had an opportunity to participate in a youth event and how many people came to Jesus, the power of redemption and the way that God works in that. And people genuinely, I mean genuinely, finding faith in Messiah and the power of that um, redemptive work in families and in lives it just never ceases to amaze me what god can do but then you get in situations even even minor ones like yesterday for me just trying to travel home i was sharing with those of you who were here just at the beginning of the service had an interesting travel day yesterday i had had gone out of town honestly really not in a travel mood want to stay home and i'm going to get to do that now for several weeks and i'm i'm really thankful but um, had an opportunity even to go see Karen, which was cool because I had not seen her in weeks. And so we got to sp- spend a few days and, and just kind of, uh, but was trying to get home yesterday, obviously, trying to get it home in time last night for the region graduation, which was really excited about, really excited about the opportunity to invite the community and have the community be more involved. And last night was just the first uh, time. We'll be doing that several times, and I think the Lord will build on that. And we've got, obviously, some things we want to do and continue to do. But I was really trying to get home. I was supposed to be home at 4 in the afternoon, and that, that obviously was not happening. So you're trying to you know, fight these flights and that kind of thing. And it was just weather. I mean, it wasn't something anyone could do anything about. We ended up sitting in an airplane on a tarmac uh, in uh, Atlanta for three hours while two thunderstorms went by and couldn't even get back to the gate. There are 20 planes behind us. There's 15 planes ahead of us. And, and uh, you know, we're not going somewhere to connect with someone, so we're not a real high priority. I kept seeing planes turn off and get to fly out, and I'm like, man, oh, man, oh, man, I want to go. Come on. And But, you know, just just having an opportunity. I mean, there was a, there was a girl there that got stuck beside me, you know. I mean... And she had flown all the way from, from Germany. It wasn't my fault. I didn't put her there. So she got to hear a lot about the faithfulness of the Lord and stuff like that. And that was cool. Then they took us back. Eventually they gave up. They said we didn't have enough fuel now to get to Roanoke, which is, I don't know. Anyway, so went back to the terminal. And anyway, long and the short of it is unimportant details. But the flight got canceled. And so it was looking like I wouldn't even get to be here this morning. I mean, they were saying this, this isn't happening. And I was getting some love, Rick, because of the amount of time that you and I spent in the sky. You know, that little sky priority thing was helping me out, and I still couldn't. I mean, it was, I had the earliest ride out this morning, and it wasn't going to work. And then just, just to, hey, you know, I probably got a friend that could pick me up in Greensboro, and they'd already looked everywhere within three hours at one point. But anyway, you know what? There's a few seats left in business class, which is okay with me. I said, well, that'll be fine. You know, I don't mind sitting in business class. But as it turned out, there were a couple of other people that were listening in that had, you know, at this point, it's like family because you've had five or six hours with people who are also trying to get home. And so it just turned into, to make a long story shorter, an incredible witness opportunity. In fact, I really believe out of it, I'm going to pray this, but I believe there will be two families that totally come to Christ because of that whole thing. We ended up getting home at 4.30 this morning. So we dropped the one gentleman who's actually just working in the area for six months. Got to drop him off at a hotel just down the road. 
and a young lady whose husband's in Iraq that I know her mom was tripping out because she was riding with two strangers from Greensboro, but she kept saying, Mom, he's like a pastor, you know. I love that word, like a pastor, which I was more comfortable with, honestly. I was like, you know, like a pastor and trying to convince her it was okay. I mean, the lady was in her 30s, but she's still her mama's baby. But just just the incredible power of redemption. Of course, this morning for me, and this is all part of the message, so don't panic. Oh, he's going to preach in a few minutes and he's like talking first. No, this is all part of the part of the this is what we call an introduction. And uh, but for me. Uh, Father's Day, you know, we've got Jacob as actually still in Cape Town for for this. He comes home this week, so really excited to have him back. And, uh, of course, Karen, is she went back to continue to minister to her brother James's uh, family and and that kind of thing. She'll come home at the end of the month. But Isaac is in Paris uh, also, Arkansas, Paris, Arkansas. (laughs) You know, it's so easy to do that. Every state has a Paris. Isn't that weird? Or in England or London, you know, it's just it's everywhere. But Isaac's actually in Paris. Arkansas, where he is a person of significant interest that he spent some time with. Um, not me, but you know, it's fun being a dad. I got to tell you, I've, in, I've enjoyed being a dad and uh, it's cool. You know, you got to be careful though, because whatever you are, now there's kind of two ways that this can work, but your kids often uh, as a dad, like if, you know, if, if you're not kind of gelling with them, then they may become just the opposite of who you are. You know, like they'll, they'll be just as opposite as they can be. But often they will become whatever you are and then some, you know, like that's why I don't own a motorcycle. That and also probably a lack of an ability to uh, maintain any sort of uh, proper speed or control. And Karen has always said, you need airbags and four wheels. If you can find a motorcycle with airbags, you can get it, okay? But if it don't have side airbags, buddy, you ain't riding it. And plus, whatever I do like that, you know, like you do something a little daring and your kids do something crazy daring, okay? I mean, when I was Jacob's age, I wouldn't have dreamed of being in Cape Town, you know, for an extended period of time uh, like that. Or I think of an incident when the kids were even smaller. They were like middle school transitioning into junior high and... Miss Sizemore is still Isaac's favorite teacher. This came up this week. It came up this week from that time frame in their life. But there was a big snow here in town, and the boys, um, all the Chi Alpha gang over at Virginia Tech, they they went sledding in Nils's canoe. It was a genius idea. You were part of that. They got over on one of the big hills over on campus, and they went sledding in Nils's canoe, which Isaac and Jacob thought was a genius idea. So we happened to have had a canoe at our house, which at that time we lived here in Christiansburg. And so we came home, and we're going inside. And I just remember hearing one of them say, can we sled in the canoe? And I said, maybe later. That was what I said, maybe later. And then as we walked into the house, into the kitchen, and looked out the window, there they went. I mean, they went flying by the window in a canoe. And Isaac decided it was too fast, so he bailed out. The kid still, he's got a false right there, man, because he broke his tooth. Jumping out of that canoe. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to say one day I'm going to let you live that down, but since that's not true, I won't say so. But it's it's true. It's that and you know, they used to call themselves Shadow One and Shadow Two. That was the nicknames that they gave themselves, which obviously means a lot to me. But at this point, I mean the way that they're motivated and my kids got issues, by the way, you know, they got a lot of whoopings and they probably still need a few. So and I'm a very biased dad today. But I am very thankful for the heart that they have for God. And the way that they chase him. And, and the way that they're motivated to tell people about him means a lot to me. And the scripture says something about that. I wanted to share that with you today. And in fact, let me just take a second and mention my own dad who went to be with Jesus just over three years ago. But I actually carry his Bible every Father's Day. If I speak on Father's Day, it's always out of my dad's Bible. Because my dad, I've shared with you before, the majority of my growing up, my dad wasn't walking with God some things had happened that he had let the enemy lie to him and I think he was a believer but he didn't go to church let me say that that way but but even then his his faith walk was uh, not very deep and my dad uh, I'll just tell you a bit about my redneck roots but um, you know we came from the country and in the day I mean they worked hard I mean by the eighth grade ninth grade you weren't doing a whole lot in school but you were doing a whole lot in the field and I honor that about the way that they worked and the ethic that they had. And my dad was a very intelligent man, but he was functionally illiterate. But in Father's Day 2003, I could not figure out what to get my dad. He was walking with God. At this point, he was even back and going to church. And my sister had pioneered a church, and my dad was a big part of that. 
And uh, I felt like the Lord said, your dad has never had his own Bible. So I got him one. And every Father's Day, I preach out of it. John chapter 5. I won't keep you too long today. I know you want to celebrate with family and do some cool stuff, but it's such an important day to celebrate our Father. Such a grand opportunity to recognize Abba, right? Jesus said this in John chapter 5 and verse 19. And, and really, this was in response. This, was a, this is an incredible... I love John chapter 5, by the way. I know I say this every week. It's like my favorite. It's all my favorite. I like the Bible. It's a good book. But giving me such a hard time about it. But John chapter 5 is loaded. And you start in John chapter 5 with Jesus being where they didn't expect him to be. Amanda, they thought he would be in the temple, but au contraire, he was actually at the pool of Bethesda, you know, stomping around looking for folks. He was always looking for somebody. And he found a man at the pool of Bethesda who'd been sick for lots of years. And anyway, just an amazing story in and of itself. Love the story. But then the Pharisees are giving him grief. And in fact, the man was so stoked about being healed that when they asked him who did it, he wasn't sure. <laughs> but then later, Jesus did show up at the temple. And so he had an opportunity to chat to Jesus. And then he went and told on him, he did it, he did it. <laughs> I think he meant it in a positive way. But the Pharisees, of course... We're not so happy with him for healing on the Sabbath. And his retort to their accusations is this 19th verse of John chapter 5. Then Jesus answered them and said, Verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father doing. For whatsoever he sees the Father do, the Son does likewise. And the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he does. And in fact, he said, greater things than these. He will show him greater things than these that you may marvel. And then, just real quickly, over to John chapter 10 and verse 15. So Jesus is essentially saying, if you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. And we had a bit of a word about this last year when we were working our way through the first half of the book of John. But Jesus is saying, if you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. And in fact, the Father doesn't do anything he doesn't see the Father doing. There's a brief interlude here. Let me ask a question. It's not really a rhetorical question either. It does demand an answer, though. You can keep it to yourself. But what would it be like? Last week, I asked this intriguing question. <laughs> what would it be like if the God gap in every human heart was filled by God? I still think that's a good question. But this week I would ask this question. What would it be like if we as sons and daughters, and you know I'm stuck on John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, to as many as believed in him, to those he gave the rights to be called the children of God. We are his sons and his daughters. That um, emphasis in identity, Rick, It's revolutionized my life and my teaching. True story. What would it be like if we only did what we saw the Father doing? Boy, I tell you, my life would be a bit simpler and significantly more impactful, I'm sure. But I get around a lot of what I get around to a lot of what Father's doing. But I'm not always spot on. But I'll tell you this: that there's grace for it. One of our favorite things to say at our house when men we're trying to discern and understand how we're going to get something done, or or do this thing that God's given us to do, or or maybe Pat come back from something we did that we shouldn't have done. And now I hear Isaac and Jacob saying it all the time. I heard it this week, some from Isaac. He said, "There's grace for that." And I'm telling you, there's grace. There's the grace that we need to only do what we see the Father doing. For me, that's a lot of what this word's about today because that's what Jesus said. But look what Jesus then said to us about us. He said, um, He said, A stranger they will not follow, 
but will flee from him, for they know not the stranger's voice. Let me back up. I should have read this entire passage in John chapter 10. Verily I say to you, he that entereth by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door, yeah, I'm reading my dad's Bible, it's King James. I don't even almost know how to read it, to be honest with you. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him the porter, the gatekeeper, opens, and the sheep hear his voice when he calls them his own sheep by name, and he leads them out, and he puts them forth as his own sheep, and he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, but they will, but for they know not the voice of the stranger. Jesus gave us this heads up that when we follow him, the good shepherd, when we do what he does, we're doing then what the father so there's this, my point in that is just this, that like father, like son. So that we can, we can live out the destiny that we have as sons and daughters in life with the father by following the son. So I thought that we could talk about some things, some characteristics we see in our father this morning that we also see in his son. Okay, so are you with me? Again, as I often say, this is a very non-exhaustive list. In fact, I'll only share three things, and there are a lot. Okay, but number one, I would say this, that one of the most amazing things to me about our father is his eyes. The father's eyes. We talk about that sometimes around here, that we want to have our father's eyes I mean, we talk about characteristics. When I was a kid, it was such a compliment to me for someone to say that I was a little version of my dad. Now, my dad's name was Jasper. Yeah. <laughs> Those redneck roots go deep. <laughs> Just saying. And so they would say, he's a little Jasper. And I have to say to you, that was special to me. You know, and, and it was because he was my dad, you know. And I know sometimes we didn't have the best earthly dads. I would be remiss if I didn't admit that there was a lot that my dad didn't do well. And if it weren't for my granddad, who was an incredible man of God, if it weren't for my mom, who pointed me consistently to the father, I think I would have had some major father issues, to be honest. Because my dad didn't say, I love you a lot. There were a lot of things he didn't know how to do well. But you know what? He was still my dad. And as a kid, if someone said I was like him in some way, that meant a lot to me. And again, I thank God for protecting me from modeling some of his behavior by putting an incredible uh, Jesus man and model in my life and would to God that we would be that for those who certainly need it. But at the end of the day, our most significant heritage comes from that father, right, Joe? That's, that's what I'm talking about. And it would mean a lot to me if someone could see and say he's got his, he's got his father's eyes like he sees what daddy sees. And further, he sees it the way Daddy sees it. Discerning and understanding. And those eyes that are full of love and they're, they're full of patience. You know what I'm saying? Aren't those the eyes, sons and daughters, that we want to have that are like our, that are like our Father? Second Chronicles says it this way, just to bring it home in relationship to Jesus. But it says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose hearts whose heart is completely His. I'm telling you, we have a Father who searches, right, for those that He could contend for. Last week, Phil Kugel, uh, man, we had an incredible uh, interlude in worship where the Lord was really dealing with us and ministering to a spirit of an orphan. And Phil just, man, he spoke a strong and prophetic word. He said, He contends for you. He fights for you. And our Father, He doesn't miss anything. There are those of us that are here this morning that we felt like that He just looked right past us. Like He doesn't see our situation or our plight or our circumstance. And we're just so sure that somehow the Father has missed it. And I would just say to you that that is absolutely not going to happen. Somebody just go ahead. I know it's dwelling place and we don't do a whole lot of it. But somebody just say amen just to make me feel at home, you know. Go old school. It won't hurt anybody. Thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, I'm reading King James, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> A little amen just seems appropriate. <laughs> he won't miss you. Man, we could start us a testimony line this morning, couldn't we, Tom? And we could get some folks up here that could say that that's so. 
We could tell stories about how God has not missed out on what was going on with us. In fact, His eyes are they're, they're searching that He may strongly support. And listen, Jesus got His Father's eyes. Man, when you see Him walking the earth, He was a... We talked about this when we talked about our missional Messiah, but I'm telling you, Jesus was on point. Seeing... Seeing, he's very good at that. Craig, Jesus is very good at seeing. Last week, we talked about Zacchaeus. He saw Zacchaeus up in a tree. He didn't miss him, you know? And I'm telling you, last night, I could see. Like, as I was hanging out with Papa, and I was, you know, sequestered on an airplane and whatnot, I I began to see. I said, oh, look at this right here, though. Who could have predicted I was going to end up on this MD-88 flying to Greensboro next to a guy that owns four textile factories that made up cuss words. I mean, he was good. And after a vodka and tonic, he was loud. But he was a son. And I talked to him about his father. And I could tell God was ministering through minor inebriation. Seriously. Because we're meant to have our Father's eyes. And Jesus Jesus saw really well. He saw potential and possibility in people like Matthew and Peter. And He sees it in us too. He sees that. And He sees your heart and the holes that are in it. And He knows how to fill them. And when He sees you, He doesn't see the things that you've done wrong. But He sees the son or the daughter that is... That, that that's your destiny and he hasn't forgotten that and he never will. He sees. He sees who you are. In spite sometimes of how we may be acting. That's the way it is with father. I'm telling you, you don't ever quit being a son or a daughter to a father. Come on, somebody who's got kids. That's not changing. You are who you are. And he sees really, really well. And the Father's heart, another characteristic, just for brief discussion this morning. The Father's eyes, I want to have the Father's eyes, I want to have the Father's heart. And the interesting thing about the Father's heart, and there's no, you know, again, we could make a list of passages this morning, but there's no passage that more expresses the heart of our Father than the most and oft-quoted passage of Scripture that even people who don't know the Word tend to know. John 3.16 tells us all we need to know about the heart of the Father. What else is there to say? How could you trump that? When you want to talk about the love of the Father, the heart that He has for us, His heart and how huge it is. Happy Father's Day. Come on. For God so loved the world, this is something I'll never understand. I can't comprehend it. I cannot. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son? Are you kidding me? You know, thinking back to that moment, someone asked me this week, how did you run after a kid that was in the road? You, you said, they said, you said you thought you were going to die, and I did. And I said, listen, again, I get too much heroic props for that. I was desperate. Jesus was heroic. But the reality is, I've thought about that. I've contemplated that. And I want to be, to be honest, I want to be that guy that runs into the building. Not out of it. I want to be that guy. I pray for the grace to be that guy. But I know I'm not that guy without that grace. Right? But if I've said to you before, I think if I was standing on the top top of a skyscraper, let me use someone else for an example. If Tom Burby was standing on the edge of a skyscraper and one of his kids fell off, I think he'd likely jump after him and try to figure it out on the way down. It's not suicide. It's the heart of a father. Michelle was walking along the side of that ledge and she tripped and fell. Rick would be like, okay, let's look for an awning. Because he watched too much Bugs Bunny. <laughs> There's a difference though. And that's what Tulio said is so. Our father's never wringing his hands. He's got a salvation plan. 
and it's already been executed. His salvation plan was the Son. I'm really hung up on that scripture in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 that says, There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Like Father. Like Father, like Son. Even in, again, is it Luke 2.42? Jesus, in defense of his hanging around in the city when his mama was looking for him, said, I thought you would understand that I must be about my father's business, which is to seek and save that which was lost. On this Father's Day, we can see the resemblance, the strong resemblance, and in fact, it's more than that. They are the same, the father and the son. And the irony is, or maybe not, maybe it's not an irony, that's probably a poor choice of words, but just a statement of fact is that his eyes are guided by his heart. The father's eyes, the father's heart. Proverbs 4.11, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. That's our plan and uh, that's, that's our purpose too. That same destiny is ours. I'm a son too. I'm his and he is mine. Right? And when I follow him, I follow the Father. And that's how I want to live my life. The Father's eyes, the Father's heart, and the Father's hands. I know I thought that was a bit of an odd choice, too. It's so good to see you, too. FYI. I like everything about that. But the Father's hands. I used to, when I was a little kid, I used to love to look at my daddy's hands. He worked hard. Hands that could work so hard and yet hold so good, you know. In fact, when my dad didn't know how to communicate love with his, when he wasn't vocal, he still always was good with his hands, you know. Here's usually how I did it. <laughs> I knew what that meant, though. He'd say, I love you, Tud. I Don't anyone ever call me that. You see? You see? (laughs) Told you that was a bad idea. Try to be real with people. (laughs) I think about the hands of the Father. The hands of the... When I think about the hands of the Father, and there's a lot to be said there as well, but I think about the hands of a potter. I mean, when I think God, the Father, I think about the potter who was shaping and molding. And I have to tell you, for me as a dad, again, let me just step back to that for a second. You're a dad... And you'll understand this. But I'm telling you, my favorite occupation in my life, the most significant thing that I've been allowed to be a part of is shaping my two sons. I, sh- I, I should correct that statement, our two sons. This has definitely been a team effort <laughs> for Karen and I. But, but, and, and then to find the grace, you know, when you did it a bit wrong, that there was grace for that too. But, but to see the work of the Lord in our lives, Jeremiah 18, that it was good for me to go again to the potter's house and to, and to let the Father to continue to work in me and, and to work me and to rework me. But to understand that His hands were so many things, that His hands were for healing and they were for holding. And in, in the case of the Son, they were for saving. I think about the hands of the Son and the way that the Father loved us with His hands in the world that He created, but then I look at the hands of the Son and I see that they have holes in them. His hands were for... They were, they were for saving. I think one of the most amazing things I've ever seen God do with His hands in Scripture... 
was, was when he when the hands that created the heavens washed the feet of Judas. Like father, like son. How could we not forgive? Happy Father's Day. I mean, that's what I want to say with the way that I live. Never to take an offense. Man, I look at Jesus... And he knew that Judas was going to betray him. And there's nothing in my Bible that says he skipped his feet. Everybody but you, buddy. Like father, like son. Don't you think one of the most amazing stories in the Bible, though, about fathers and sons... Is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. It's the story of, uh, we call it, but we really need to work on this name, right? We call it the story of the prodigal son. Of course, first of all, there were two prodigal sons. Hmm. Right? But for me, this story is more about the father. This father was amazing. You know the story. There were two sons. One came to the father and said, give me my inheritance. And he went and the story, the scripture tells us that he squandered it. First, just the amazing grace that the, the son found with the father, that he was willing to give him his inheritance and, and that he didn't just slap him down. You know, you ingrate. And, and, but that, and I think of our lives and our scenarios and our situations when the things that God has gifted us with and given us and the resources that we have. And, and I made this statement earlier this week. I was sharing about giving. And I said, you know, we, we are a hoarding society. I mean, just the fact that, that, our, um, that storage is a multi-billion dollar industry. And I have a storage unit. I think we should do just a mission Sunday where all we do is the proceeds from our storage units or a year's rent in the storage unit or something like that, man. Just sow that in a mission. No one would be without, right? I ain't, I ain't trying to put condemnation. But I was just, you know, in our world. But just taking who we are and everything we have and this son, you know, just saying, okay, Father, what do you, this is, these are your resources. How should we allocate them? Somebody asked me a tithing question this week. Boy, I could get in trouble quick. I said, I don't really believe in tithing. Because I think we're... It's all His. 10% seems... Boy, I didn't anticipate going there today. Let me restructure that point of view. I just think 10% and then some. This son took that that the father had given him and he just, he went. And it's so much more, obviously, and in fact, exponentially more than financial resource. But it's a life resource that we've been gifted with and given. And, and he said, you know, I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Woo! Appreciate the... But the father was so patient. And in fact, there's nothing in there that says to me that he even resented the son. But he sure waited for him to come home. Talk about the father's eyes. He was looking. But I don't really want to talk about that even so much as I want to talk about this. But what about the second son? Because of what I was wondering this week was, you know, maybe the father was an older gentleman. This is closed, by the way. You remember that first part where it sounded like I was just rambling and I said that was the intro? This says close. Just put a little comfort in your heart. What's he doing now? He just went off on another tangent. No. Listen to me for a minute. 
But even as I was flying yesterday, Steve, I was just thinking about that second son. Because, I don't know, it doesn't really tell us the age of the father or whatever. But I just have this sense that the father was aware that there was a famine. Don't you know that he wanted to go find that son? That he was, that he was concerned for him? I mean, we know that he was looking for him when he came so much so he had his eyes out maybe he he may have had people uh that were looking you know i don't know if he had some servants hired keep your eyes out well it's been a minute you know he ain't back yet will you just keep looking you know when you just glanced his direction he ran to you well you know that so And he ran to you and to you and to you and to me. I mean, he was looking. He's got really good eyes, better than Daniel Boone's. But he didn't, it, you know, it strikes me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really give us a, a very clear picture, but maybe he was an older father. I don't know, but that son. I just think sometimes, you know, we talk a lot about maybe we're the second son. Maybe we're in the house of the Lord and, and what do we do with what we've been given? And, and of course, we know that even after the fatted calf had been killed and the robe and the ring and he was indignant, how can you do this? And the father just simply said, you are always here and everything I have, it's yours. But I just wondered, what would it be like if the son the second son, had watched with the father. What if he had been? Or better yet, what if he had gone? The famine hit and he knew, my brother, not likely doing well. What if he had went and searched for him? What if that had been his attitude? What would it have been like if he could have been the one? I'm just, I mean, I'm thinking very personally right here. I'm not trying to pull on your emotional strings or anything. This moved me this week. And I thought, what would it be like? What if you were that second son? What if you could be that? And we can be, by the way. What if, what if we could go find the prodigals for the father? What if we went into the highways in the byways and we compelled them I mean, I'd like to hear the story that way here comes my son with my son I'd like to do that for the Father. Not because I have to. Happy Father's Day. My brother, your son, who was lost. He once was lost. But now he's found. Hey, Papa. Can we kill the fatted calf? Can we get a robe and a ring? Yes. We can. Like Father? Come on, y'all. Dare I say? Can I? By grace, can't I say that? Father like son. Say daughter too. Lord, today your grace is great. And you are greatly to be praised. And it's a blessing to be your children. 
And Father, we thank you that you have, you have looked for us and you have found us. And that you have contended for us. That you have, Lord, you have strongly supported us. <laughs> and Lord, I thank you that your heart is so huge for your children today. I pray that everyone that is here, God, uh, son, daughter, uh, whatever the case may be, Lord, that they know in this moment the heart that you, the Father, have for them. God, how much you love them and how much you're for them. And God, if there's anyone here who's been running from you, then I pray, Lord, that this day that they see you running, even in as much as we might have been running from you, Lord, we know you're running for us today. Lord, I think it would be entirely appropriate if this might be someone's moment to just come back home. So, God, I just pray in this moment that you would compel our hearts, even in as much as we've taken a moment to consider what an amazing and loving Father you are for us, Lord. I pray that maybe somebody just came to church today because it's Father's Day. But, Lord, I don't think that that's inappropriate either, in as much as you're our Father. Uh, so, Lord, I just pray. I'm praying for your Holy Spirit right now to, to just work in our hearts and draw us. Lord, I pray that right now each of us feels you drawing us to you, to your big and strong and somehow incredibly soft hands and heart, and that we know in this moment that you're for us and not against us. And, Lord, I pray the enemy has to shut up and step out of the room in the name of Jesus, and that he has no place to lie. Uh, because in this moment, Lord, that each could believe the destiny that they have in you and the redemption that we find in you. And so I'm going to ask you if, uh, with no one looking around, just to give people some privacy with Papa. But, and I'm, even this morning, I'm not, I'm not going to actually ask you to come forward in this first service, but I will say to you that you're welcome to come and pray, and, and we'll be happy to meet here, meet you here to pray. But I get a sense that maybe someone just needs to, this is your opportunity to step toward uh, home. And I know that Papa will meet you where you are. And if in this moment, um, yeah, you could just slip up your hand and say, uh, I need to come home. I've been running from. And I want to run to the God who's running for me. No one's looking around. I'm not going to share your story. This is between you and Papa. But if that's you, can you slip up your hand and then in a moment we'll pray together. I'm going to look left and right. I want to be more like my father. And um, I'll just say to you what um, Isaac and Jacob always say again to me. There's grace for that. And you would say, you know, i kind of been about my own business. But I, I really... I really would like to be um, involved with Papa in redeeming the prodigals. And, yeah, and maybe that's just a step of faith that you need to take today to say, hey, God, I often say it this way, but God, count me in the willing pool. I want to be a part of that. Lord, I want to be your son or your daughter that walks in that way, and I want to bring them to you, Papa. I want to bring them to you. I want to celebrate with you, and I want to bring them to you. For redemption. And if that's maybe you, just say, yeah, I want to be engaged in that. Maybe you can just raise your hand, and there's lots of hands going up on that one. And praise God for that. I appreciate that. And that's no small thing, church. These are not pretend responses. I hope you know that. Because I'm going to pray right now, Lord, for everyone who's raising hands right now, God. I pray you keep us on point with that. Lord, that you remind us as your sons and daughters uh, what life is about. It's about walking in our destiny. And, and Lord, and, and living that life out with you, our Father. And so, God, in as much as we'll work and walk in the marketplace and in the school and, and we'll live life with family and we'll go to and from Walmart and we'll buy groceries and we'll play games and do all that stuff we do. But, Lord, I pray that our eyes are always open and our hearts are always easily moved and that our hands are ready to reach and help. God, that we are just, that's just who we are. It doesn't have to be something that we do because it is who we are. 
and it will order our doing. So, God, I pray for all of us that are raising our hands and saying, yeah, Lord, I want to be your, uh, your go-getter. I want to be the, the one that could compel. I want to be the older son that um, lives out his destiny from the Father's house in a new and different way. So, Lord, let that be true in us. And then, God, as this crew goes on their way, Lord, I pray that you make all our hearts right. Hmm. I'm going to have to woe up for a second. I was going a bit too fast. And the Holy Spirit just made mention of something he'd like to do today. And if it's all the same to you, I'd just assume be obedient. Works better for me after you're gone. There's some folks in this room right now that you're still hurting from relationship that didn't go well with you and your earthly father. And that's not okay with Papa. He wants you to be whole. And you can be in relationship to him. And that's for sons and daughters today. And there's just some, man, we talked about it last week and Rick dealt with it in that worship uh, set. But there's some that still struggle with the heart of an orphan, spirit of an orphan. And that's not your destiny. And we're going to keep pressing that as long as it's what the Holy Spirit's saying do. And so I'm going to ask you again today, if you're in this house, and even a day like Father's Day is hard for you. It's just a hard day for you because of some hurts with your father, some things that happened between you and your father. And there's just some hurts. And I want to, I want to encourage you today, the Lord can heal that. That can be healed in you. And even redeemed. can even be redeemed. Holy Spirit didn't want to let you walk out the door today. Hmm. Not be whole. So I'm going to ask you one more time. If that's you. Ron, Father's Day is hard for me. Because my relationship with my earthly father wasn't so good. Or isn't so good. And my heart hurts today about it. There's just this, this sense of hurt inside of me. There's a little sickness in the pit of my stomach. And I want that to be healed. No one's looking around again. We're back to a private moment. Can you raise your hand? Yeah, sure. I appreciate your honesty. I saw that hand too. Others? Anyone else? Yeah, I appreciate that. Rickard? It's not ironic. I'm glad Rick's here. We got several fathers in the house. And I don't mean earthly fathers. Something the Lord's teaching me is that there are fathers in the house. And there are sons and daughters in the house. Rick, your father in the house. So I'm going to tag you in. You can pray over those folks that raise their hands. Or you can do whatever the Lord's saying do. Uh, let's just do it like we normally do. I just want to ask uh, those if they raised their hands, uh, just if you'd come forward and uh, face me up here, if you would please. And then I want to ask uh, a man or a woman to come up and stand with this person, please. spread out get in front of them yeah. get in front of Molly I need another lady and I know there's some more that are that are here that have not come up here but I just pray uh, right now uh, that God would touch your hearts and bring revelation. So uh, we're going to go ahead and close the service. But then if there's anybody else, come on up. Paul, can you...
Let's so here I just want to ask, first step to do is this forgiveness is always the key for receiving the grace of God. And then uh, then, then y'all that are who are leading them, I just ask you to, to pray with them. And just pray, uh, Lord, to fill those gaps. Revelations of the eyes and the, the heart and the hands of our Heavenly Father. Lord, you're so good. So Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time. Uh, <coughs> Lord, we thank you that uh, this is a day to commemorate you. You, Lord, and uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you've done. And we bless you, Lord. We bless you. And over these that have come, Lord, I just pray that the revelation of your heart be imparted. Your awesomeness, Lord, that loves Lord, that gives a heart that pursues and protects. Lord, a heart of mercy and grace. Lord, a heart that just continually reveals. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, I just speak, Lord, revelations of you. Maybe I just want you to pray. Father, we just lift up the uh, the dads in this room, and Lord, I just ask that you would um, give them the grace to be the the dads that you've called them to be, um, the dads that that maybe even deep inside them that's never come out. Lord, I just pray you just do a work, just give them discernment as to what their children need, Lord, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Lord, I pray that. Um, that even this week, Lord, their eyes would be open to maybe some things that they've missed. And Lord, I just, um, I pray against the, uh, the lie that uh, they can't or that they're a failure. Um, Lord, I ask that you just, that they just embrace the truth, that they can uh, be what you've called them to be because you're going to give them the grace to do it. Lord, you can give them the ability to operate at a level that they can't do on their own. So, Lord, I just pray that you just minister to their hearts first, um, just heal places in their hearts, just uh, strengthen places in their heart. And, Lord, then I pray that that would overflow to their family. Lord, I lift up the moms. I pray that you give us wisdom in how to pray for the dad, um, how to speak into them and uh, minister to them as, as moms, as wives. And, uh, Lord, I just... Uh, I just speak an empowerment over the dads in this room by the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, a power to be who they are and to be able to minister uh, to their kids. And Lord, I just lift up the spiritual dads in this room. I just pray that you would open their eyes up to um, not just children that, that they've born, but Lord, just, just children that need a dad, uh, that need a physical, earthly man to walk with them and to pray for them and to strengthen them. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, homes would be opened up to, um, to these children that have no earthly dad or, or don't have a dad that's present. And uh, just give us wisdom as the body of Christ in how to minister to those children. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Go be blessed.